0: Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Track Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to recap a Chicago Red Stars draw. Chicago Red Stars played to a 1 1 draw against Washington Spirit last weekend, and we are here to recap everything there. Interesting tale of the halves there, and we're going to break them down one at a time for you guys. And no one can do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. The Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? Oh, I'm all
1: right. Just just a, a Tuesday.
0: It's a Tuesday. It's just a regular old Tuesday night with nothing important going on. So we decided we should just record a podcast about the Chicago Red Stars because this is... A Chicago Red Stars podcast. So that's what we decided to consume ourselves with tonight. Instead of, oh, I don't know, anything else going on in the world. So we've had some time to sit with last weekend's result, of which I've mentioned already. It's a one-one draw that the Red Stars played to against Washington Spirit. Chicago had themselves a little bit of a of a homestead RIP to the 2020. See Geek Stadium schedule. It was a blast. We got to hang out, uh, cover two games there. The second of which was a little bit different. So far, the Red Stars have got themselves a loss, a win, and a draw in this fall series. And to be quite frank, feels kind of right. Feels, feels organic. Feels good. And uh, just going into this match in particular, um, kind of adding to those game day vibes that we spoke a little bit about, Uh, last time there was I think you know that general excitement right because the difference with this home game Claire was that uh, this was going to be the 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 bigger game right of the two is going to be on on CBS so uh, lots more potential for for people to to take in a game at Seat Geek Stadium and uh, I had some excitement going into this game just for that alone how about you yeah I mean I think
1: that we talked about this a little bit last week that you know we're making stuff up at this point for, you know, stakes, but yeah, I think this, you know, it being on CBS, CBS, uh, is exciting. You only get one for the rest of the year. I think also the thought for me a little bit too, um, for this game and, and how it's probably going to feel for the last game as well is there's a feeling of finality to it a little bit as well that I wasn't quite expecting until we got there, which is, just that this really was the second to last game of the year, like no takebacks on this one this is this is it uh because the season is ending, you know the fall series is ending at the same time the season would have been ending, so unless people want to play around with the post season weeks, I don't think Chicago's going to um this is it and and we're about to move into a real off season a real deal off season with an expansion draft and a college draft and That's going to be something. So I think that I was a little bit surprised. Not that I felt like this had any extra stakes, really. And even when we were watching the game, we'll talk about this. I thought it was lower tempo than the week prior. Um, But just that this is the last, you know, couple of of days we're going to be able to spend with this version of the Chicago Red Stars. And so I, I was surprised by how it definitely felt at the end of this game. Uh, like things were winding up a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Agree 100%. Let's get into these uh, into these lineups, Claire. Uh, for Chicago's starting 11, uh, we got to see the lineup as followed. They had Alyssa net, Zoe Gorowski, Sarah Gordon, Zoe Morris, Cameron Bogalski running out the back line there. In the midfield, they had themselves Morgan Control, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa Bernardo, Sarah Luber, Savannah McCaskill, and Khalil Watt rounding out their starting 11 and first initial impressions of this Chicago lineup. I mean, I think we noticed, you know, obviously they moved Zoe Garalski they pushed her back into that back line again. Uh, Sarah Gordon, obviously being tasked with being the anchor of this back line once again, and um, the return of Savannah McCaskill. So what were some of your initial impressions of this starting XI?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was a little bit surprised by the outside back decisions. I think we didn't know exactly where Casey short was at, um, as you know, in just a fitness context. Um, I was surprised that big got a second start. Honestly, I don't know why I would have thought that she would, I would have, I would have suspected maybe you would have done Goralski and George. We did see Bianca's and George come in, uh, at the halfway point. Um, and then the rest of it was pretty, pretty normal, right? Savannah McCaskill back in up top. Um, and that also, I think, set the tone a little bit. Like Chicago, they did talk a lot about wanting the CBS game to be good, but they did not bring out a starting 11 that indicated that they were dying to win this game. It was still just kind of trusting the process and, and getting more minutes for players that had played well the previous week. and. Um I was a little bit surprised by the lack of rotation, I'll be honest. I thought that they might have used this to get some of those players that had been working their way up the injury report to get a little bit more time up top, but um instead they just kind of stuck with what they had. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I think that what we saw as the game played out is just that this is depth that has seen a lot of minutes for both teams. So um yeah i thought i thought that it was it made a lot of sense but it also was not there was nothing there where i was like oh this is so exciting you know it's just more development
0: this is gonna before. be a tasty development <laughs> yeah right exactly like, yeah it kind of felt like uh here here's the the gang all back together again uh, it is it's just like so here's the thing we've been doing uh we're still <laughs> doing it <laughs> still doing it uh no surprises for big cbs guys sorry uh here's the visitors for their starting 11, just to show them some love and respect and give them some context to this episode. They lined up as follow. They had Aubrey Bledsoe, Nett, Dorian Bailey, Sam Stop, Paige Nielsen, Natalie Jacobs, Bailey Feist, Mickey Doherty-Howard, Ashley Sanchez, Megan McCool, Kumi Yokoyama, and Katie McClure to round out their starting 11. And, you know, to be quite frank, Washington Spirit, kind of a similar vibe to Chicago. It's like, well, this is who we got. And this is who's going to play. And that's kind of uh, been the vibe that they've been rolling with. Uh, We did see at game day, uh, when we arrived, we did see Ashley Hatch uh, doing some individual warmups, isolated on her own. Uh, Ahead of the match, uh, you know, we had heard from head coach Richie Burke that maybe she was a little bit closer to getting back. Uh, But other than that and seeing this starting 11, just, again, similar vibe. Just kind of the – The usual suspects, right? Did you have any impressions about Washington's lineup, Claire?
1: Yeah, I mean, they put Ashley Sanchez into the attacking midfield, which was a big change. Um, It made a lot of sense. I mean, they don't really have – you know, they don't have their choice six. They don't have their choice ten. Their choice ten is in Manchester, and if she comes back, she's going to be playing for the rain. But um, they don't have the strikers that they want, and even when they did have the strikers that they had available – you know they struggle to score sometimes so I think that looking at different formations and looking at versatility at this point for them is is good and I think Yokiyama's great I think that she just needs some more collaborators up top um so that was interesting to me I know that they were interested in seeing McCool interested in seeing McClure but those are depth players it's a similar thing it's about figuring out who your best 18 your best 22 your best 28 are and um So I was excited to see Ashley Sanchez play in a midfield role. I think it made a lot of sense to bring her back. We're not strangers to the idea of you bring your most dynamic attacker in a little bit if you gotta. Um so I thought it was good. I mean, I think um I think an interesting thing for Washington is that their their center backs got a lot of praise last year. And they they have high passing accuracy still very much but um i i think that it was interesting to see how they still have that that core triangle of bledsoe staub and nielsen in the back and and not dissimilar to chicago i think for them they feel like if they have that if they have that in the back then they can they they're going to have time to work their way into any game and i think we've seen that both in the Challenge Cup and the, in the fall series, that they feel like their defense gives them a shot at any minute of the match. So, um, yeah, same deal. They're missing. They're missing their stars. They're missing their probably highest ceiling talent right now. But so are Chicago. So I thought it seemed like a pretty even matchup between the two.
0: As you were speaking, it's almost like, it's like, who are you really talking about here? Are you talking about the Spirit? Or are you talking about Chicago Red Stars?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Take your pick, homies. Um, Just to, you know, before we, like, let's dive into this first half, right? Because it's really how we got to take this game versus like 15 minutes, every 15 minutes, every, like, we really just got to take it. We I don't really half, have that much to discuss, half? you guys. <laughs> one and half two, guys. That's how it's going to go. Uh, so just to go into to half one real quick just to <laughs> shout out the preview uh that we always try to hit you guys up with if you're a subscriber on our Patreon. um just coming out of that I I did have this game kind of coming down to the midfield obviously we were under the knowledge that probably going to see a veteran core like Colaprico Gatro and Di Bernardo go up against a younger core, right, in Washington Spirit, and see how head coach Richie Burke and his roster were going to try to maybe combat something like that. And uh, turns out the way that they thought that they should combat it was, you know, we understand that you are a veteran core midfield with a lot of ex- game experience under your belts, and we are not. So we should let you know that this is going to be a physical battle, and let's beat the shit out of you immediately and uh that's really what set the tone for this match uh we literally have two free kicks because of very hard heavy fouls by midfielders on both sides within the literal first three minutes of this match and if that didn't tell you everything you needed to know about this game I don't know what else to tell you Claire or your first half vibes (laughs) yeah there are some games where and you and I, lo- it's so
1: it's fun to watch because she's a smart player and she's played a lot of NWSL games at this point. But you can tell when Danny Colaprico, you get like fifteen minutes into a match, and you can tell that she's just like, oh, this is this is gonna this is I'm gonna have a rough time out here. Like not that she's gonna like struggle, but she's gonna she's like this is going to be a fight, uh, which I've been in before. <laughs> um, and you can just tell, and so, yeah, it was, well, first of all, Chicago, the first 10 minutes of the game, I don't know, like, I, I think we got 10 minutes in, and I, like, looked at my wrist, and I was like, "Is this the game start?" There was one point where Alyssa Nair just, like, chucks the ball out of bounds, and I'm just like, uh, has the game started yet, guys? Like, what's the going blow? on? Yeah, like, uh, okay, um... So they had a rough, a really rough first 10 minutes. Um, And I think Washington had like two really good chances right off the top. Um, But they also kind of weren't awake. So um, nothing came of that. And then, yeah, you had – it was a very physical matchup in the midfield. And I also think the ref was playing it kind of tight. And I'm glad that she was. I think she played it well um, because I think that when you have tackles like that early on, it's up to a ref to be like – you're going to get penalized for that on, on both sides. And so I think that that was fine by me. I do think it stopped the match from getting chippy later on, quite frankly. So I thought it was a good refereeing job. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up being very physical. I think I I was talking, I was like chatting in a group chat with, with Jason Anderson, who, who writes about the spirit and, Uh, what happens with the spirit and and Chicago has some of this too. We've seen this maybe in like that Portland game at the challenge cup is, is when the spirit get whittled down to their depth um, it's fewer artists and more like enforcers, (laughs) Um, which is good. Like that's what every NWSL team needs. And so I think the thing that always struck me about the spirit for this whole game was They were tenacious in the air. Like, they were throwing their bodies, like, everywhere in the air trying to get that ball. Um, They were energetic. They seemed seemed like they had a week – they had had a, you know, weekend off, which they had. And um, they just kind of have some maniacs out there that just love – that's also, like, the basis of their center back duo is they're just, like, these soccer maniacs, these boulders of women that just love to play, you know, bruising soccer – in a very American style. And I think that's what we saw. And it's also, we saw that, you know, we saw Chicago struggle with that during that one game in the middle of last year. So um, I think the spirit are funny in that they definitely connect a lot of passes and they're very much um, treated like a pass first possession based team, but that is physicality is not lost in, in that context for them at all and i do think it took chicago who was like about a step off they looked a little bit sleepy the whole game to adjust and that meant that they did a lot of absorbing in the defense which they did perfectly fine but they were not asserting themselves physically in the midfield so much
0: you know i have to give credit to to washington here i know we're speaking a bit on how like what type of things that we were seeing or or quite frankly the lack of things that we were watching to to start this play and as the first half developed. But to to their credit, um both shouting out our preview episode and um just kind of scouting the other team for the preview on on the patron. You know, this game for the Spirit, unlike their previous two games, they wanted to, it was evident that they wanted to address the fact that they have come out pretty slow on their first two matches in the fall series, and they wanted to try to get on the front, uh, front foot in this one. And uh, it was not something that we had seen from this team in their previous two matches, uh, nor even in their prior match against Chicago, uh, where Chicago uh, kind of came out. Uh, looking ready on their end which was interesting considering um, yeah they had to the travel but they did have that bye week so we had wondered if maybe that was going to come into play at all um, in terms of them just kind of being able to have that the rest and have have the bye week and, and come in and on travel and kind of just treat it like a regular game day because of that uh, but yeah a lot of physicality I know that we wanted to actually touch a little bit about that specifically the cards kind of came out within this game in the first half. Uh Washington Spirit got uh, things started with a yellow card issue in the 30th minute uh to Katie McClure. And um there was actually a substitution that the Spirit had to make early in that first half as well. Um you know, where they had Maggie Dodie Hardy come off uh, do I think it might have been a head injury if I Yeah
1: she had a migraine. She had a migraine Not. headache. So yeah she, she was, was in she pain.
0: Was, yeah. She was pushing herself and yeah. um She had to come off, and and they took her off rightfully, and Jenna Hellstrom came on um, in her place. But uh, we were chatting a bit about the first half stats and how maybe they were a a bit even for this first half as they went into halftime. And um, despite what maybe felt like – uh, Washington, right, with a bit of the better play at times, maybe not necessarily getting a ton of things on target specifically, but absolutely finding themselves in Chicago's final third, finding themselves in dangerous uh, spaces more often, more often at times than, than Chicago.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think the narrative, if if we want to follow it a little bit, was that Washington saw what Chicago did to sky blue last week. And a lot of that had to do with space and behind on transition. And honestly, that's how Chicago scores a lot of goals. Like every once in a while you get that, like Gorowski to Watt to DiBernardo Bernardo goal. And those are amazing, but Chicago's bread and butter a lot of times is killing you on the counter. That was true with Sam Kerr. It's been true with Kaylee Watt watt um, so far. And so I think that Washington was very, was paying a lot of attention to, and this works for them because they do work slowly. They possess out of the back. They kind of needle you. They connect a lot of passage, which which allows them to keep their back line in kind of a central block. So they don't get pulled out of position a lot. They're not trying to spring counters. They're trying to build play, which works as a defensive stance as well because it forces the other team to have to kind of do the same. It's how they took down, I keep going back on this. It's how they took down the dash during the Challenge Cup. If you want to see Washington, like, execute at their absolute best it was their win against houston and so um, chicago does have the ability to play that possession game especially when they have de bernardo and colaprico all on the field um but they struggle to turn that into dangerous chances in front of goal washington was also struggling to get dangerous chances in front of goal. so what we were seeing was we were seeing washington actually truly set dictate the play Chicago responding to that well and being able to facilitate a similar style of play, and then both teams really struggling to turn that into anything interesting at all. Um, And so Chicago, I think, had more passes in the first half. They had higher passing accuracy, um, which you're not used to seeing, and that kind of righted itself in the second half, but – the rest of us weren't doing anything with it. And I think that that was probably the conversation at halftime based on what, you know, Roy Dame said after the match was you can pass around the box all day, but that's not going to get us a goal. So um, I thought that was interesting. And and what I considered to be maybe a mid-level execution of a first half of soccer um, that you did kind of have that ebb and flow that Chicago was responding to Washington's game plan but they were also being nullified. So, like, what do you do to get past that? And I think we saw that a little bit more in the second half.
0: Yeah, absolutely. These two these two teams entered into halftime, all tied up 0-0. Again, felt organic, felt right. Uh, Shout-out to Alyssa Nair. I thought she had a fantastic uh, first half. I think she was probably – She's been so good, yeah. Yeah, she's probably top player, you know, if not for, for the game. Yeah. But honestly, at least for that first half, she was probably MVP of the first half of that game. Um on both sides of the um, both sides of the pitch there, um, and in that type of game, just to, oh, go ahead, Claire. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say.
1: I was gonna say that I, I don't want to. It would be remiss also to to you can't overstate how good the goalkeepers were in this game. Like I oh, think yeah. that that is an underrated thing that is difficult to even when you see when you see and this was true for both keepers. They they both played really well when you see forwards get in behind and then send the weirdest shot it's because of the goalkeeper. It's because of the angle that they were presented with by the goalkeeper coming off their line. And so on TV, or even from the press boss, you're like, oh my gosh, they're scuffing shots left and right. But part of it is because what the positioning of the opposing goalkeeper is doing is forcing them into making those decisions. And Bledsoe and Nair are two of the best, if not the best goalkeepers in the league shot, like in defense, maybe not the best in possession, but in actual defense, these are genuinely probably the two best in the whole league
0: they're absolutely both so good at reading the games and yeah. watching watching these plays and these runs develop and getting to getting back to Seeky and being able to hear hear a listener, right and what she does on the pitch was a real treat but to also be able to cover a game in which we got to hear a A goalkeeper like Bledsoe do that was equally impressive so it's it's
1: interesting because because what Nair does when Nair is talking to her defense she's speaking to her team and she's calling them by first name so she says Sarah she says Zoe she says Zoe she says Zoe no she I'm joking but she says you know she says their names and, and tells them where to move. But when Aubrey Bledsoe is calling her defense, she's not talking to her defenders. Well, she is talking to her defenders, but she's calling out the opposing players. So you would heard Aubrey Bledsoe go McCaskill or go Colaprico or DiBernardo all the time, which I just thought was so interesting because you do hear a lot goalkeepers using the names of their own players and then telling them what to do. Whereas it was what Bloodso does is she calls out the names of these opposing players and then expects her defense to 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 know what to do with that. Um, I would say that Nayer is a great organizer. she is not a coach um, which is like fine, but Bloodso even I felt was coaching as well she there was a couple there was a play where Vanessa DiBernardo got pulled into a double team that Bledsoe herself had initiated she told them to go double and then uh DiBernardo to her credit got out of that double team and Bledsoe said it was too easy she yelled she yelled too easy and I was like yeah well it was it was a little bit too easy so she's
0: not not wrong she's not wrong (laughs) yeah that was kind of easy yeah shout out shout out to them it was it was great to to watch that zero zero kind of play out the way it did with both of them in playing in their respective nets um, and just to, you know, echo off what you were saying about these, both of these teams being able to sort of create what they were creating, but then sort of diffuse with the <laughs> diffuse all that, you know, it just sort of felt like, well, what was going to happen in the second half versus what we saw last week, where obviously they were rolling firing on all cylinders, right? New going coming out of a second half, you probably weren't going to see any uh, substitutions or anything to change with that, you know, with, with this game, that obviously looks and feels a little bit different. And both coaches obviously felt similarly coming into the second half. There were some substitutions that were made, uh, you know, for Washington, they went ahead and they brought on uh, crystal Thomas to replace Megan McCool. And for Chicago, they went ahead and they uh, brought on Bianca St. George's uh, to replace uh, Zoe Goralski. And, um, even though, like, on paper, you have one kind of being a defensive move and then one kind of maybe an offensive move. It, they really kind of are both offen- – I felt were, like, both offensive moves. Um, you got a player like St. St. George's who can diffuse some things but also clearly getting herself involved in the attack and kind of spearhead some things as well. Um, also, Zoe Gorowski has covered a lot of ground over those last yeah. couple weeks. Yeah, she so had was it, it was, some, it was yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It was time. It
1: was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that – I was a little bit surprised that uh I mean I said this I was a little bit surprised even that St. George came on for Goralski instead of Bigalski um love saying their names back to back uh only just an experience but I agree that the Zoe Goralski when you're asked to play winger the way that she was last week you use you, you sp- run so much space so um saving legs made a lot of sense uh And then you're right. You're right. And I think I was thinking about this as well, which is that, um, during the challenge cup, Chicago relied on their outside backs a lot, actually, to, to kind of spring the offense hasn't been true in the fall series. And that might just be personnel available or kind of what they've been trying to develop. I know they've been really trying to get better at the interplay between the midfield and the offense. So maybe they're like outside backs step back a little bit, make the midfield do it. But, um, a ton of Chicago's offense for what it was in the challenge cup came from the outside. And we've seen a lot less than that. We've also seen a lot less than that. And we'll talk probably about this a little bit in the second half. Uh, Kalia Watt is, you know, theoretically starting at the nine now. and, And so it seems like if we're talking about more nuanced ideas, when it comes to the red stars development this year, I think they started out thinking, okay, Kalia Watt is a winger. So we're going to put her out at the wing and we're going to figure out who's going to be in the middle for her. And that only worked. Okay. And so what they've been doing a lot more now is they've been like, okay, yes, she can get a lot of, of space out wide. And what we're seeing in transition is her out wide, but that's usually when they're kind of moving in a fluid, like two front sometimes when she's kind of in that inside space, because McCaskill likes to cut in, um, but she's also finding space centrally and and they're trying to get her in, in that area along with the attacking midfield. So all of this to say that if Chicago was really trying to win this game, I think we would have seen the outside backs a lot more involved. I think we would have seen a lot more aggressive motion there. I just don't think that that was the goal. I think the goal was we're going to make this work with our midfield and with our forwards and we're going to let our outside backs live another day. Uh, and and so I think that was fine. So I guess this was very long winded just to say that the outside back depth discussion has been really interesting to me for Chicago in the fall series, because they have a lot of it, um, which is great because they came into the season having very little, so they're doing much better now than they were six months ago. And the, they're exploring what to do when that is working going forward and also just exploring like how can we problem solve if our outside backs are, are occupied so um yeah I mean I think it made sense I I would say that I thought that leaving Bigalski in the whole game was a choice <laughs> and it ended up being a choice <laughs>
0: We definitely saw choices play out. Uh, you know, Crystal Thomas for Washington Spirit, right, was also a choice. I mean another eclipse kid. They yeah, and shout out to Rory Dames. He gave her the shout out in the in the in the yeah. posting there, uh talking about his coaching days and, and being able to coach a player like her for a bit uh, and she came out as, as a sub and immediately quite frankly making an impact uh, getting a shot to start off you know that second half and we saw a player like McCaskill really kind of grow into the game um, obviously having missed the game due to red card suspension and having to kind of integrate herself back into some things and um, we saw you know her would try to get on goal a couple times uh, we definitely saw I think both teams try to to continue what they were doing for Chicago specifically obviously try to adjust offensively a little bit and maybe get better you know looks you know in dangerous spaces um watching a player like Sarah Lubert right kind of coming off the game that she had when we're talking about players who were um asked a lot of right from that prior week, touching on Garalski a little bit, what she was doing, and, and Sarah Lubert as well. I mean, you know, we've been giving her some praise of what we've been seeing um, out of her during the fall series. And then know that game against Sky Blue specifically, um, she really was everywhere. And watching her in this game, looking a little bit differently, you know, maybe asked to do some little different things, again, with a player like Leah Watt, who's kind of sliding in in the nine for now. Because, again, the Red Star is just kind of rolling with the, you know, this is who we have and this is what we've got and this is the personnel that we've got to to roll with. Like, maybe the partial reason why Kalia White is having to move from out wide into the nine is because that's kind of what they have to do right now. Um, and watching uh, – we were watching Sarah Luber a little bit and we were kind of like, man, like, you know – Maybe this is like that week where it's just kind of like catching up a little bit. And it was almost kind of funny when we were discussing that a little bit within the press box because. It was almost like the Red Stars well said, Well, fuck it. We're going to get this goal in the way that we know how, which is ugly, and here it is. They said, We heard you. <laughs> and uh sure enough, <laughs> they went ahead and they made some they made a goal, they made themselves a goal happen. You know, of course not after some some rough looks on goal, some rough shots, some more yellow cards. And uh in the seventy second minute, we finally had Sarah Lubert get on this ball and just get after it serve it up sail into the box with a bunch of bodies and a blue body got on it and then we saw that it was savannah mccaskill who had literally died to get this goal she did she passed
1: away in the process of getting that goal she really did um this goal was actually very funny for a number of reasons um reason number one being that uh, Chicago was having some trouble with like their offensive trigger a little bit, um, and and we had some players holding on to things a little bit too long or, or, or something. And 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 Lu you know, yeah, Sarah Lubert was was kind of working her way back into the, working her way into the match. It, it's hard to overstate like how much she was everywhere last week and the kind of toll that can take on a person. Um, so that was funny that. Sarah Lubert deciding to hold on to the ball a little bit longer made the made that attack work. It was also funny that prior we had had uh you know Kalia Watt get in behind and take a shot on goal that that went over um when she because so apparently on the stream they said that she should have passed to runners and there were no runners. So I don't know what she, they were talking about. No one followed her. <laughs> Everyone was gassed. So they were like, maybe she'll do it. Um, and so <laughs> she tried and it didn't work, but then, um, there was a similar thing where, where Lubert is like working in and she similarly like doesn't really have runners. And so she's like, well, I guess I'll hold on to it a little bit longer. And then finally Savannah McCaskill makes that final run. So, um, I think a lot of what we saw in the second half for Chicago was that they were making better passes and they were looking and they were getting into more dangerous spaces and they were getting some of that space in behind that they weren't getting in the first half. They just looked kind of tired um, and had a little bit of bad luck. And in addition to Washington's, you know, central defense being quite strong. And so basically it was, it was like all of the bad habits that had been happening for the last half hour
0: uh all worked that time <laughs> so I think that's the best, best soccer thing, I guess literally, yeah <laughs> literally the best way to put a quarter on it folks all the bad things happened at the exact correct time for the Chicago Red Stars uh, kind of brushed over this a little bit but I'm gonna correct myself and call myself out prior to that goal the Red Stars made a substitution in the 69th minute and we got to see Tina Davidson come onto to the pitch oh that's right yeah for Zoe Morse and that was real nice. I think part of that actually helped built up to that goal because we got to see to get on the ball a few times there leading up to this goal and really just taking the space in front of her, getting on the ball, finding open lanes, passing when she could. It was real nice to see.
1: Yeah, it was. She looked great. She looked good. I think that, you know, you can tear your hair out at Chicago's slow process, but it works when it works, man. And, she looked, she looked very good. I was reminded again, they had a free kick up top, and I was reminded, like, oh, yeah, she's like their, she can be their dead ball person too. So, you know, so McCaskill can do that for them as well. They have Bernardo taking corner kicks again. I think, honestly, when Davidson is on the field, they prefer Davidson to take the corner kicks. So that is another weapon that they have when she's on the field. Um, Zori Morris has been doing really well, um, but Tierna Davidson is – we all know this. she's a special player and it was really great to get to see her come in. I was glad that you have the opportunity in a fall series game to sub out your center back, which is not a thing that you can necessarily feel comfortable doing in a competitive match. That's a dangerous thing to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought Davidson and Gordon looked pretty good there uh, together. It's a, nice,
0: uh, a nice center back. Duo. It's a nice
1: combo. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Front. You love to see it um post chicago red stars goal however uh, you find yourself you're a visiting side like washington spirit you find yourself down a goal you probably find yourself down a goal in a match where you're thinking you know what we've looked better and there's still time let's figure it out and uh turns out they did they made themselves a number of substitutions immediately following the goal we saw brooke hendricks come on for natalie jacobs we saw avery uh collins come on for kumi yokoyama and um for the red stars they went ahead and they made some subs of their own as the game got into into the final 10 or so there uh we saw ariel chevron come on for for sarah lubar and washington spirit made additional sub for jesse scarpa on for katie mcclure in the 83rd minute and uh naturally fresh legs are going to do some things for you and uh we saw Crystal Thomas. Who had really, really built herself up over the half after coming on at halftime for Washington Spirit, Uh, just kind of play aggressive and uh, apply the pressure, and she was able to find the equalizer for Washington Spirit in the 88th minute. She went ahead, she went ahead and she slotted a a shot right in the inside from inside the box with her left foot and. uh, Tough angle. I have to give it to her. That was a tough, tough angle of a shot. uh, Forced a listener to come out. Uh, Jada Davidson made a great run back. um, So there was, you know, some insurance there. But something like that still found itself in the back of the net. And all of a sudden, late in the game, tied 1-1. Claire, gotta admit, felt right.
1: Yeah, what I was saying before we started was like – a tie definitely felt right. I will say that that goal in particular was, was disappointing in that Washington had sustained actually like a lot of pressure. They were really pushing for an equalizer. I think they didn't want to lose this game. I think they didn't want to lose two fall series games. I agree. I think that kind of sucks. Um, And I thought, well, surely they'll get an equalizer from the sustained (laughs) pressure that they've been doing they'll get a goal. Um what? but instead it was it was I mean yes pressure Thomas hustled in on it but um you know it reminded me there was a moment in uh in last week's game actually where Bianca's and George kicked a ball out for a corner kick too easy and I remember Rory Dames being like you didn't he, I think he literally said he said you didn't even know she was there. You just you made a call based on how it felt um and i think that what we just saw from Gagalski there was it it wasn't even the worst thing i think we saw in the match like it it was not an indicator of quality but it was her feeling pressure that she didn't even necessarily have um and she yeah she passed it into the middle of the box which is kind of basic some that's some 101 stuff man that you uh if you're going to do it it's got to have some scoot on it and and it didn't so yeah, I mean, it was disappointing, kind of, I would say that probably a nil-nil draw would have felt better uh, than a 1-1 did. Um, I think that a 1-1 draw like that made Washington probably feel too good about the game and Chicago feel too bad about it. But um, also, yeah, it seemed pretty fitting. I think that neither team was significantly better than the other, so in that respect, a draw... Made a lot of sense, though I really thought that Chicago might have been able to hold out. I think that if they hadn't have done that, they might have, they might have held on for some ugly, which would have been nice. It's nice to win ugly sometimes too.
0: Yeah, it is. I think um, if a rest our team felt bad about a draw, I think it's a very transitional moment. That's for true. Yeah, for a right. like Chicago, because yeah, Chicago you're right. That is typically prided itself. <laughs> on tough draws
1: well and especially that roster right that that 11 those players if they're playing you know what would be their 10th league game and they're feeling bad about dropping two points like that's great that's a fantastic place to be with these players
0: 100 uh you love to see it fall series has definitely provided us uh more opportunities to see some things out of players that we weren't too sure at one point during this hellscape if we were gonna get to see that. And it's been nice to see. And uh, coming out of this game, we're gonna get one more, one more shot guys to, to take a look at some of the personnel in this 2020 roster, but it's not going to be this weekend. It's going to be the following weekend. The Red Stars are hitting their bye week. Uh, all the teams are, are having one during this fall season, so they will return to play on Saturday, October the 10th, and they will close out their fall series on the road against Sky Blue FC at Montclair State. So They're going to face uh, Sky Blue FC for the second and final time for the fall series. And uh, you got to say, I mean, we've been watching some of these teams who are traveling the road coming off of a bye week. Uh, you know, look a little different. Look a little bit more hyped. Uh, what are some of your impressions going into to this match, Claire?
1: It is funny to imagine the Red Stars, like their first away game. They're at Segra, and I'm sure they were like, where? And then now they're going to Montclair State, and I'm sure they're also like, uh, where? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like you're playing these teams, but just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, the, I think it'll be a good game. I think Sky Blue will probably have some reasons to be kind of amped. I'll be interested to see how their part two against Washington goes this weekend. Um, yeah, I think, again, I kind of said this last week, but I think at this point you're just hoping – have some people back I think we're just kind of basing it on you know it would be a bummer if there were some people that we didn't see for the entire fall series um would love for Katie Johnson to be feeling better would love to get Casey short on the field um I think at this point you know we've learned a lot about the depth of the team and at this I think you just want to go put a good performance out for the last game of the season um It would be Chicago's, it would be a chance for Chicago to end a year on a win, which I think would rule, like there's something underrated to being able to finish a season on a win, uh, when there's no postseason. So I think that that would be really nice. Um, I think that's, that was my big thought, like quite frankly, and and we'll probably talk about this more as the weeks progress, but I was just thinking again, at the end of this match, you know, I was like, wow, Alyssa Nair is going to be so stoked when Casey short is back. For one more game before an off season with an expansion draft, like I'm just like wow, like things are happening. Um, and and so I I think that the goal is just for them to look good and for them to play some Red Stars soccer and give people something to be excited about next year. Uh, because this is it, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't have a whole lot to add. I I too am looking forward to this to be over <laughs> um we'll obviously have our our final episode to to sort of talk about uh, things coming to an end and closing out nwsl 2020 as a whole uh but we'll pre- have
1: content we'll have content for you guys next week but it might just not be your traditional preview
0: but uh yeah to, to preface it it's going to be you know it's gonna be with this with this game. So this is this is gonna be this is gonna be the preview for now. Uh, I would obviously suggest if, if you're into watching teams other than the Chicago Red Star, why don't you take a look at that final Northeast matchup between Spirit and, and Sky Blue? It's probably gonna give you some insight, right, to how how the team's gonna scout them out. Um, they might look a little different when when they go out to play against them again. I mean, they were without a player like Mal Pugh. So who knows what's, uh, how she's progressing with her. The, that Achilles tightness, I believe it was, that she was out with. And we'll see. Maybe she's feeling better and she's going to be, you know, back in that top – and sort of back in that top line and, and have that attack look a little different, maybe even a little more lethal, you know, than what they saw last time. Um, but, yeah, I would, uh, I would hope that maybe the bye week can do some things for some people. And, uh, the injury reports when they drop will look interesting and they'll probably let us know some more context as to how that final match is gonna come out. We saw some players, you know, not available in that first game on the road. And I'm curious if we'll see some players not available for that final game on the road. Yeah. Likely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens and how whoever travels and whoever is healthy, we'll be here to cover it. Um, and I'm going to spare us both the players that we want to see have an impact because whoever it is, that's who we want to see. Whoever's in that starting 11, we just want to see them.
1: Whoever is feeling the best. Uh, I would love to see it, you know,
0: gonna, and if gonna... you're
1: feeling, and if any of them are feeling poorly, I understand. And, uh, I accept it. Yeah.
0: yeah Cause honestly, super relatable, all the more endearing. Uh, In the meantime, guys, make sure you try to stay connected with us and engage with us where you can. Claire, how can people do that?
1: Yeah, uh, follow the Patreon. Um, Yeah, did a little bit more of a traditional quote piece this week. You can find out all of the stuff that Roy Dames had to say about this last match. He basically commented on every single line other than Nair, I guess. <laughs> but um not much to say about her. She's great. Uh so definitely check that out. I think I have a couple pieces coming out this week on the Equalizer who you should definitely subscribe to because they are breaking news uh all the time as well um and that deserves your support. Um yeah, so those are the main places just just at the Patreon and 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 uh and the Equalizer.
0: Yeah, that's it. Shout out to AQZ. We love and appreciate them. Uh, Guys, if you haven't had the chance to... If you're into reading and not listening to our voices, always remember that you can get a solid recap from Claire. And that's on the Patreon. And like she said already, that's that's the best way uh, for you guys to go ahead and uh, continue the support of Southside Trap. Uh, We understand that it's a difficult year for many. And so maybe the concept of looking at a tier and signing up for a monthly subscription... Um, isn't what you can do right now and we totally understand uh hopefully there is a tier that works for you we have many starting as low as two dollars and um if not i just want to let you know that there is still a number of ways where you can continue your support of Southside Trap podcast podcast that helps you stay on side with the chicago red stars and you can do that by following us on all social media channels Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. You can find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us, give us a like, give us a, a rating, a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you, which we will continue doing for you post fall series. We've already got some things lined up and in the works, so we are looking forward to that. Uh, Everyone continue to stay safe, make good choices, be smart, uh, wear your mask. Make sure you're
1: registered to vote.
0: And for love of God, make sure you're registered to vote. That's actually what we'll close off on. The Chicago Red Stars uh, have been really integrating themselves in the importance of registering to vote. And not only doing that, making sure you actually vote. They had a great social media taken over by rookie Ariel Chevron, in which she was able to get a bunch of her teammates to talk about the importance of voting and the reasons why it was great. You should take a look at it. If it's still saved on the Red Stars Instagram, Um, check it out if you can. And, uh, you know, inspire, hopefully that inspires you if you're not already to register. And not only that, make sure that the people you love and care about are also registered and ready to vote as well. Uh, we've been hearing a lot from players and they have expressed repeatedly how important it is to vote in this election.
1: Yeah. And, and specifically if you are in Illinois, like the Chicago red stars, I understand the feeling that, um, the top of the ballot, yeah, vote maybe means a little bit less. And I get that, but there are a lot of other really important things locally here right now. Um, we're voting on the fair tax amendment. That's really important. Please read up on it. Uh, Lots of information out there. I got the Illinois state constitution sent to my door today so I could read about the proposed amendment to it. Um, Judges, very important to vote for judges. Very few people do because they don't feel educated on them, but that can actually make a material difference in people's lives who is on the bench um, when people are hearing cases. Look at the down ballot stuff. Vote. Illinois makes vote by mail very easy. It also makes early voting voting very easy. If you are able-bodied and a younger person and feel like that is a thing you can do, I recommend it. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm gonna be voting early. Um, Yeah, just check it out. Use resources to your advantage. Vote in the election. It really does make a difference. It's a little bit, but it's something. Hey
0: guys, you know, it's going to be October. So that's, you know, the, the elections in November, and you're probably like, guys, there's time. But there's a lot of deadlines that are coming up within that's October. True. So that's why your homegirls are here just trying to uh, hit you really quick in this outro with the importance of some of this stuff going on in terms of you know, getting ready to vote and prepping for voting for that uh, election in November. So again, make the smart choices. Continue to wear your mask. Please get ready and prep yourself to vote if you are eligible. We appreciate your support, as always. And uh, we will be here with you, hopefully, next week, two weeks. Just kidding. It's a bye week to possibly cover a win. Who knows? Either way, we're going to be here. So stay tuned and continue your support for Black Players and Black Life. We'll see you guys soon.